ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Good Ship Brothership. Should we just... Should what we is just... the Good Ship Brothership? We never said that. <laughs> should we... Re- we should record a little intro segment for the first one now. And then roll into the second one. And then you can just kind of... It'll only take should a we? second. Yeah. Just play the... F- this is the only arts podcast that mm. covers... Film, music, gaming, literature. And, and cement mixtures. Edible cement mixers. <laughs> Do you have the theme music? Uh, I guess. <laughs> you just destroyed all of my desire to go on. Oh, that's funny. Where is it? Which one? <laughs> You are you are a human being of the of the lowest quality. <laughs> how how are we? <laughs> I don't even know how we're working this. This in. is still backwards. The theme music's supposed to go first. I am aware. Do you think you could maybe reverse this? No. <laughs> Because normally we come in, we do a sponsorship, then we chat, yeah, then we do the theme music, and then we do the show. I don't care. This isn't even a real show. <laughs> Correct. And then after we do this, we can roll into the second one. <laughs> no, there. this is the second one. What, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you're aboard. The, what are you're we aboard doing? the Gucci Brothership? What is it? It's the only arts podcast that covers film, film, music, gaming, gaming literature, and how and not to do a podcast. Mixers. I'm Grant. This is my brother Jason. Hey, I'm Jason. One day we'll get better at that. No, we won't. Who, who are we kidding? We are uh, going to continue our top ten favorite albums each of all time. Yeah. Um, but first, I think I want to talk a little bit about oh, a couple other things I've been doing. Really? Um, yeah, just for a minute. Is that really? okay? I guess so. Yeah, okay. Thank you. I guess. Um, basically, I... Okay, so let's move on a, now to our top ten... Uh, <laughs> I just finished a nonfiction book. It was about investing. And I was going to start another book like that because I, I enjoyed it very much. But then I decided, why not do something fun for once in my life? And so I started to read Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, um, which is seemingly very fitting given the time that we find ourselves in now. I'm only partway through, so I will reserve any judgment. But so far, I think it's really well written. Um, it's certainly one of the all-time classics, so it's no surprise that it would be so compelling. But I always like to know the... Uh, uh, wow. That was, ooh, don't smear that dead fly on my nice dusty rose shirt. Um, <laughs> but, but it's always That would nice be good see. if we did, if we're doing t-shirts, I'd get a dusty rose shirt made, and it would just say, don't smear that dead fly on my I thought it would have like a big shirt. dead fly smear no. across it. Anyways... <laughs> it's always nice to see what people's people in the past's vision of the future was and it's set in like i don't know the year 2500 or something way off in the future but it's neat to see some ways they are so very advanced in some ways that we've surpassed them already because obviously in 1930 whatever whenever the book was written nobody could envision the internet um yeah so yeah i'm, re- I'm reading that now and it's very very interesting. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about, or did you want to just roll right into it? 
I don't think I really have a whole lot else I want to talk about. Um, trying to think in the in terms of movies and whatnot, what I've seen that was remarkable. And I can't really. That's it. Yeah. All right. Well, we had we had a lot of preamble in the first one, so that's okay. So who starts now? I do. I mean, you ended off. Okay. So give me your one. number three. Hold on, just look at this for a second. It's a David Blaine meme. I love David Blaine. That's good. Yeah, that's a good one. Eh? Yeah, that is a good one. Okay, so the the options you have to choose from are three, four, and five, mm-hmm. and nine and ten. Oh, interesting. Very Let's interesting. go with four. Four. Okay. Number four is to pimp a butterfly. Oh yes, I have Kendrick that too. Lamar. I knew you would. Absolutely knew you would. It's now, kind of essential. You're talking about the wall as the like grandfather or father whatever yes. of the concept album this is the product this is uh, to pimp a butterfly is because i was thinking about the wall and that sort of thing and i went like to pimp a butterfly just did it so much better like honestly it I did i think it's the logical not the conclusion because it's still going on but the logical continuation yeah, yeah or evolution of of the concept album the, the to pimp a butterfly is genius from start to finish and i i mean that literally mm-hmm. um there's a lot of genius in both of our top tens here but the vision and the execution of this album from the really frenetic um edgy jazzy kind of instrumentation mixed with like hip-hop thundercat coming in with uh, love me some thundercat auto wad bass mm. uh you know the the album leading off with wesley's theory mm-hmm. which is just a it's that's my favorite kendrick lamar song of all time i think it's just outstanding um kendrick lamar's lyricism his vocal performances on songs like you know the Absolutely. black or the berry or uh <laughs> you <laughs> yeah or you or i for that matter yeah um like there are and the the way he did the inter interstitials with poem. the with he had it has a poem and he just adds lines to it mm-hmm. like as the as this his um it's not really a story it's more of a meditation or a thesis yeah and, a bit of a musical essay on the state of and then, race in America and then the the well not just that but like also his own journey yeah. through fame and whatnot and then the album ends off with like arguably the most mind-blowing thing which is a fake interview yeah between him and tupac <laughs> that's uh, yeah and and like he like went through he had to have done it himself went through yeah, and like and chopped up and cut and put all these uh, you know constructed a conversation between himself and Tupac I've never read about that production come to think of it I don't think I have either but but the album is just like and I can remember very clearly going to Mexico this is in my notes being hilariously sick (laughs) for a little while I can remember uh first listening to this album and having very vivid popcorn burps on the way to the to the airport where little did I know I would be 
unbelievably sick for the next 48 hours. He got really into it during our trip to Mexico and, yeah, got wicked diarrhea was, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And but the two albums that I remember from that trip are... To Pimp a Butterfly. What's the other album? I don't come know. Come on, come on. I'm sending it to you uh, through our minds. Okay, it was 2016. Uh, it wasn't a contemporary Was album. it The Boxer? No. Shoot, I don't know. Digital Ash and a Digital Digital Ash. Mm. I was so into Such that a good album. album. And I can I can remember going down by the by the beach. This is yeah. a complete side note, but I can remember this going down what it's all and about. listening to light pollution. Oh and yeah. And seeing the moon like over the ocean. Oh my goodness. How nice is that? Oh. Yeah. Gets me right here. My my memory is going to Mexico. And uh one, I remember you listening to this. There was all those really loud uh like German people or Ukrainian people yes. or whatever around us and Germans, just bl- blocking them Germans. out with a wall of Kendrick Lamar. Yep. And then the other thing I remember is what game were we playing at the same time? Oh, what were we playing? See, this is bad. That's you should like you know. I want to say like it wasn't Hotline Miami. No, it was, was it? Persona 4 Golden. Was it really? Yes. Guaranteed. We were in the really? throes of one of the great JRPGs of all time. See, I I can remember sitting on the beach with my noise canceling headphones on, and I can remember, I can both remember getting super into the song King Kunta, mm-hmm. and like walking around just like, yeah, just like <laughs> just vibing, just yeah. completely jamming to it, like it because it was in my head. Yeah, and then I can remember the first time I heard Black or the Berry too, mm. sitting on a beach in Mexico, not in full sun, but the sun's out. It's hot. And I can remember getting chills oh, while man. I was like boiling hot. And you still get chills how, when you listen to that. Yeah. And what a weird, uh, what a weird feeling that was. Oh my goodness, that yeah. that album is like it almost it almost is an embarrassment to all other albums. Yeah, like I, to the album as a unit, as yeah. a sculpture, as a single piece of art. And that's why I don't believe people when they say that the album is dead. No, but like I, look at look at that. Look at what a freaking statement! What a piece of art! This and the, the album, like it hasn't aged a day. No, and I can also remember Aaron Soch once again, the guy who told me about Moonlight Mile. Moonlight Mile. I can remember him telling me about uh, "To Pimp a Butterfly" when it first came out. I, I remember like, listening to it at Randy Bowman's 2015, for, by the way, for free. The interlude. Yes. And it's so wacky. That's the first time I ever heard it was yes. at Randy's house. I didn't write this down. I forgot about it until now. Yeah, yeah. And Randy's like, yo, check this out. And it's like this minute and a half off-the-wall interlude kind of, not nonsensical, but it seemed nonsensical at the time. Yeah. And just totally. being like, what is this? Like, is this a joke? Is yep. this, like, is this whole album satire or something? And I didn't, probably didn't sit down and listen to it until not a long time after, but but months or maybe a year. Um, I guess it, it would have been. It was five years ago. Yeah, it was about a year after that we went to Mexico and we got immersed in that album. Um, but I, I remember just being so confused <laughs> listening to that interlude, you know? Yep. And uh, yeah, fast forward a year and, and it's inextricably tied to Persona 4 Golden for me because I remember, All right. aside from our vacation activities, of which there were lots, in our downtime listening to that album and playing that game a lot. Totally. Okay. <laughs> what are my options for you? Um, in reverse order, eight, six, five, and two. Six. Six. This isn't going to be on your list. This, 
It's licensed to ill by the Beastie Boys. Oh, nice. And I struggled with putting this on my list for a while because it just felt... This was a me problem. It didn't feel... It doesn't feel... Significant enough. Or artistic enough, I will even say. It doesn't feel... It doesn't feel serious enough to be a favorite artistic statement. And yet, when I look back over the past two to three years... There is maybe no album that I've had more fun with than License to Ill. Um, It's not one of the top 10 best albums of all time. It's probably not one of the top 50 best albums of all time. It's just so freaking fun. The the way they sampled is incredible. Their total, like, if Alex Cameron is sleazy, funny, but ultimately sad... This is angry, but ultimately funny, you know? Angry gangster, but ultimately harmless and happy. You wake up late for school, you don't want to go, you ask your mom please, but she still says no. Like it's she such still a, say no. It's such a, such a joke, and it's just funny, and I put it on all the time when I work out, and it hypes me up, and then I stop, and I'm like, listen to what you're you're hyped up to, this is ridiculous. I was trying, you know, to, I was trying to explain the Beastie Boys to Hannah. Uh, maybe it was that was yesterday. I was playing because I looked at her and I I went brass monkey, that funky <laughs> monkey, and she's like, "What?" And I was like, "Don't." I was like, "I thought everybody know knew that song." Like, <laughs> and so I I went on to their Spotify and started playing it, and I'm like grooving out. And that's a great and song. And she's like, "Who is this?" Because oh, it's like yeah. the <laughs> like that, and then they're like brass monkey. That fun. These like yeah. couple awkward little Jews. <laughs> like, yeah, they're it's... Jewish. I think are they? they I, I think so. And they like all co- well. They're like super spazzy and like ultra white. Oh my they're goodness! Just... I love them so and... much. And then she's like, "Oh, it's the Beastie Boys." <laughs> I was like, "And it's like, yes. is this one of the is this one of the most important bands of the 20th century, or yes. is this one of the 21st? 20th? No, 20th. 20th. I guess 20th. Is yeah. this one of the most important bands of the 20th century, or is this one of the bands, one of the most lighthearted bands that didn't take themselves seriously of all time? It's like, yes, it's both. Uh-huh. They were incredibly formative. I was talking to my friend Caleb, and we were listening to Beastie Boys. He hadn't listened to much, and he's like, this just sounds like Wu-Tang to me, which is fair because he had listened to more of that. I was like, Go- <laughs> I was like Google it. And it's like, yeah, the Beastie Boys were first, you know, despite Way the fact first. that, despite the fact that, to a lot of people, I think Wu Tang has more cred, more street cred, whatever. I gotta the say, the Beastie Boys were out there blazing a trail and just being a couple of dorks, but in such an important way. I gotta say too, people hate the fact that three white Jewish guys from Brooklyn did so much to start what we know of hip hop. Today. As a, a predominantly African American yes. driven people, genre, people hate that the Beastie Boys were like some of the first people to like heavily sample and all that sort yeah. of thing. And maybe they weren't the first to do it. And is no, it I think predominantly slim? Maybe it was... is it a predominantly uh, African American genre? Yeah, totally. But like, please do give the Beastie Boys credit for like being complete trailblazers and incredibly important to the genre there's no doubt in my mind that to pimp a butterfly would not 
it wouldn't be what it was without License to Ill, you know? Yeah, which is weird. Um, which is very weird. It's released in 1986. I didn't say that. Um, I don't have a lot of memories of this one beyond the past couple of years. I've listened to it a ton. It's just, it's on my heavy rotation constantly. Yeah. It's just my go-to for if either if I want to be in a good mood, if I want to work out, or if I want to get stuff done. I, I uh, load trailers at work a lot while I listen to this or Paul's Boutique, another Beastie Boys album. Um, and I do really like Paul's Boutique too, but I, I like this album quite a bit more. And yeah, it's, I grappled with the idea of putting it on here, but I concluded that... Putting what on there? Putting Paul's Boutique. No, putting License to Ill oh, on, on the list. Yeah, yeah. But I came to the conclusion that few, if any, albums have just given me this much happiness in the last mm-hmm. while. So yep, I mean, how, how, could it, how could it not be? It's completely valid. Case. Let's go with your number 10. Okay. Led Zeppelin 1. Oh, this, Led was, Zeppelin. this could have been on my list, but it's not. Uh, Led Zeppelin has just been like an incredibly important band to me, like every other rock and roller. I yeah. My my uh, I'd I'd still say that my prevailing memory of Led Zeppelin was the first time I heard Heartbreaker mm. with a That's completely out of key and tune but whatever um and and just having my mind blown by that but but i think led zeppelin one was the first led zeppelin album that i really got into <clears throat> partially because we bought that vinyl or mm-hmm. i bought that vinyl at the farmer's market we bought a vinyl of led zeppelin one and that was kind of one of the vinyls that i would that i played a lot when we it was one of the only ones we had mm-hmm. for our little turntable and uh just remember having my mind blown by it and still like every time i go back to it there's always something uh that that uh i've forgotten about or so i'm like oh that song is on this album like babe i'm gonna leave you or communication breakdown dazed and confused like all these uh like absolutely fantastic it was a very very close race for me between led zeppelin one and led Led zeppelin Zeppelin four 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 is the one with when the levy breaks and when the levy breaks rock and roll dude but both of those were on my honorable like my they were close and i just at the end of the day they had to come off but i wanted both of them on there both of those are immensely important but led zeppelin one has so much history with me Mm -hmm. and in a lot of ways my experience with it was pretty similar to what a kid's experience in 1969 might have been mm-hmm. if they plugged that in and heard it for the first time and it blew their mind oh like my. that's that's what happened for me too is listening to it and and i think that's it's it's nuts not only because it's from 1969 and i was listening to it in the 2010s and having my mm-hmm. mind blown but also it was their first album like i, I yeah. there are there are a couple debut albums that i like absolutely bow at, at the feet of and this is this is you know probably the one i think where it's like that was a debut album so was marky moon by the way and buddy you know i love the rolling stones but you look at the music production of the rolling stones from this era and led zeppelin from this era oh. and it's just or anything else from the late 60s There's and no... it's incredible how modern and timeless this sounds you know it doesn't it's not quite up to... If you listen to uh, Mercury and Lightning, it does have more fidelity. But Zeppelin 1 is so incredibly ahead of its time. By the time you get insane. to, like, 
um, physical graffiti or Zeppelin Four. Yes, that's when it's like, okay, we really haven't done much except for try to recapture this mm-hmm. since these guys did this. But Led Zeppelin One, it's just so raw and so energetic and so excitable, and I like it's just it is rock and roll to me. Like it's everything that you could hope to achieve. Like the guitar, the sound of the guitar, the sound of the drums. Mm. Like you listen to the sound of these of the drums and the guitar, and just the the energy, the kinetic energy on this album compared to like say Sticky Fingers, yes. which has inarguably better songwriting. Like yeah, way better songwriting and more more of a variety mm-hmm. of like tones. Whereas Led Zeppelin's just like, do you want it all the way up? Or like broken. <laughs> I think you get more variants on a Zeppelin on Zeppelin Four than you do on Zeppelin One in that regard. Maybe, but Led Zeppelin's ballads have never like, like they're about Lord of the Rings. Like it's not like Seven. It's not like you know. It's yeah. not Dead Flowers or Sister Morphine or Moonlight mm. Mile. Like it's not gonna like pull up my heartstrings. It just it's music to wear a leather jacket to, and I just think that Led Zeppelin One is just absolutely fantastic you'll love to see it I, if i put an album a zeppelin album on my list i think it would be four i go through that same struggle you do zeppelin one versus zeppelin four because zeppelin one is a bit raw but i think zeppelin four ultimately has a bit more polish and uh when the levee breaks is my favorite led zeppelin song ever i listen to that song all of the time and it's like zeppelin it four, just hits different zeppelin know? zeppelin four is inarguably a better album like mm-hmm. objectively it's a better album but i just have a lot more history and and uh just beautiful beautiful fond memories with led zeppelin one you know that's why it's one of my favorites mm-hmm. okay what do i have to choose from two here? five and eight 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 oh this is such a special album this is I'm Wide Awake, It's Morning by Bright Eyes. <sighs> it's on my, it's, okay, it barely didn't make it in here. Like, mm-hmm. it barely. And you know what? Before you start, this is an album that I didn't give enough You didn't credit to for, like, literally years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, it's good, it's good, it's good. It's Did I tell you what I did at work the other day? I think so. That you played all of it? I Yeah, I just, I was like, oh, just listen to this. And I put it on, and then I was like transfixed and like on the verge of tears for the entire like especially like poison oak mm. that song it's incredible. is just like and you you said too you think that leonard cohen is like the best songwriter of all time i don't know man connor oberst connor is up oberst, there like it, the sidewalk holds diamonds like a jewelry store case mm-hmm. oh my i goodness. would i would say there, uh, there are so many others right but a holy trinity not the holy trinity three that i could name are uh Leonard Cohen, Connor Oberst, and Alex Cameron as three very different but phenomenal. And I think Connor Oberst and Leonard Cohen are above Alex Cameron. Um, but Definitely, yeah. Yeah, Con- Connor Oberst. So, yeah, so getting into it, this album was released in 2005, oh. miraculously on the same day as Digital Ash and a Digital Urn, um, which is more electronically driven. This is a bit more of a traditional folk type of deal. Um, both albums are phenomenal. Digital Ash was pretty close to making it on my list uh but i ended up kind of having that not really a rule but kind of a rule that i tried to keep it to one album per artist i'm looking at my honorable mentions right now and i think that 
I mean, there's a lot of really good albums in my honorable mentions, but I think that this would be the one. Yeah, the this, one that got this away. This will be the one that gets back into the top ten. Okay. And I'm shocked that we didn't talk. We've never reviewed this album. I don't think <laughs> it's one of my favorite albums of all time. It's one of the defining albums of my life, and this is one that that would be in my top ten no matter what day you asked me. He's I have in my notes. He's up there with Leonard Cohen for sure. Every track just rips into your heart and soul. It's exhilarating. It's heartbreaking. Um, and I, I was not nearly as late to the party as you were, quite honestly. But I still listened to Digital Ash and a Digital Earth. I was the first one of us. I, I can actually remember the first time I listened to this album. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know who recommended it to me. It might have been... We got into Digital Ash way before this. No. Oh, no, no, no. I did. Certainly. Well, we might have gotten into it, but... Yeah. I listened to. I'm pretty sure that it was Aaron Soch again who recommended this yeah, album. He has good to me. taste, and I can remember listening to it on my iPod or something like that while I was working at the rec complex. Oh yeah, I could I could walk you in there and point you to the exact spot on the floor where I played it, and I heard this. So there was this woman, and she was uh, iconic on an airplane. She's this is the opening to the album. Yeah, and he tells a little story, but uh, I can remember exactly where I was, and I was like, this is so freaking weird, but then, like, you've got We Are Nowhere and It's Now, great song, okay, like, great song, but Old Soul Song for the New World Order, Mm -hmm. that's unbelievably good, Lua, is that how you say it? Yeah. How's this one? That's such a, that's, I know that it's freezing, but I think you'll have to walk. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. Train Underwater. Oh, I love this song. Yep. First Day of My Life. Another traveling song is fantastic. Landlocked Blues is one of my favorite. Poison Oak is my favorite on the whole album. I think Poison Oak is like... uh, And Road to Joy is the perfect closer. like, Like, it is, once again, these are... This is why I was so excited to do this episode. Because these are the albums that we talk about. These are the mythic albums where we go... There what could no, you do better? You, yeah, you look at that. You look at that track listing, and you go, "There is not a wasted track on there. There's not a wasted second." I feel like second. this. It sounds like this should be in your top ten. Yeah, it should be. And and for I'm, me, I'm booting Bowie. This was this was powerful. <laughs> I did boot Bowie for this. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, you scuzzy scuzz. This was an album for me that's powerful because when I first listened to it, you know, there's two or three tracks you really latch onto, and and those are the the ones that drive your listening of the album. And over time, the three or four tracks that I'm into have morphed, you know, from one to another. And it's just gone over the whole album multiple times at this point. Yep. Um, I think this is the album, probably more so than any other album, that I've learned to play the most, play and sing the most songs off of. Uh, And I don't have... Is most of this album in uh, standard tuning on guitar, by the way? Yeah. Hmm. Um, I don't mess with weird tunes really hardly ever coward and this is an album i don't have one defining moment because it's too big of a part of my life but i will tell you right now i've spent many evenings of the last i don't know four summers sitting out on the back porch singing any number of songs off this album because they're just so beautiful they're uh simple to play but nuanced in feel and sound. It's such a rich album. Um, I don't think there's any album that gets 
closer to perfection, you know? Like, in as much as music can be perfect, I think this probably is. And I can't believe we haven't talked about it before. I mean, it's this is one of the, like I said, three to five albums on this list that are central to my list. Yeah, I'm I'm just looking at my other the other albums I have on here, and I'm like, I don't know get which one I would get rid of. Rid Marky of. Moon, it's not that good. It is okay. It really is. Well, I was, I was. Uh, we took a little break, and I was just flipping through some of the songs on Marky Moon. I was like, whew, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoa. Let's go for your number nine. Number nine. Mm-hmm. This one might surprise you a little bit. Sam's Town, The Killers. Oh, nice. I haven't listened like, to that for a little while, but it's so good. I just... That's a good concept album, too. <sighs> like, this... I'm going to download maybe, that right now. Maybe more than any of the other uh, oh, albums. that's a great pull. Maybe more than any of the other albums on this list is full of so much nostalgic yeah. joy for me. Um I was in a band, I was a kid, I was super, um, super, uh, you know, ignorant and just feeling great. I was in love, not with my wife-to-be, but, <laughs> you know, like, I, I can just remember what it felt like when this album was what I was listening to. And going back, it's impossible not to feel a surge of joy of vitality of like just this this album is it's like u2 kind of mm-hmm. and i could have put some u2 albums on here i didn't think of that but um but it's that like that uh we we're talking about uh earth tones and how mm-hmm. he he just kind of has a conversation with you it's like hey man you know I'm not getting along with the wife so good. Like, this is yeah. going on. Blah, blah, blah. Samstown is the polar opposite of that. Like, yeah. like a song like Read My Mind. It oh, flings you up on a goodness. stage as the listener. It puts you, know? you up on, like, a, a freaking Broadway stage mm-hmm. on a set of all the moon and stars. And you and the girl of your dreams are pirouetting around. You know? Yeah. Like it's And it's just... It is... And from start to finish, from the opening Samstown... All the way down, like, the this river is wild. You know, why do I keep counting? Uh, Bones, Uncle Johnny, read my mind for reasons unknown. Like, there are so many beautiful, nostalgic, erstwhile kind of songs on here with such a good energy and such a beauty to them. This would have been in my list of the, the 25 or so albums that didn't make the cut, but almost, but I just didn't even think about it. It yep. wouldn't have made the top 10 anyways, but it's, what a fantastic album. I'm glad you what made a, me. What a good album. I've downloaded it and I will probably listen to it on my way home tonight. I hope so. I hope so, because I think it's very yeah. good. Oh, that's a that's good. This is such a good episode to do, because it just, I know. it makes me feel so good to talk about all this It's very world-class music. Yeah. yeah. I know. That's why I was so excited to do it. Okay. You have uh, so, two and five left. I have three and five left. I have two and five left. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. Whoa. Oh. Two. We're brothers. Two. Yep. Oh, this is this is the most recent album that's ingratiated itself in my life to such an extent that uh, I will never forget it, you know? And okay. it's Wildflowers by Tom Petty. Oh, okay. Um, and that was... The, you talked about how Popular Problems was the only album you listened to yep. in a summer. Wildflowers, this, was that for you this two wasn't, summers ago? Th- that was last summer. 
last summer? Um, the road trip. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. This wasn't the only album I listened to. I mean, I was listening to a record high amount of music that year. Yeah. Um, at the hours and hours a day, but but Wildflowers was the soundtrack. I'd put it on like every day going to work. We listened to it frequently on the road trip, but especially mm-hmm. like June, July, August. It was poignant to me because I was approaching college and you were getting married and it was a big time of change and I think I'm starting to realize now that that change is just going to continue for the next 50 years or so of my life um, not really but yeah. but you know what I mean Yeah, yeah. Um, and he has his songs like it's time to move on it's time to get going what lies ahead I have no way of knowing you know mm-hmm. under my feet baby the grass is growing uh, it's such a the honest album it's beautiful Tom Petty gets to the heart and soul of America. Tom Petty is America at its best, distilled into music. Yeah. You know, and uh, and there are lots of great Heartbreakers albums I could have put on here. I thought about Damn the Torpedoes or Full Moon Fever or something like that. Both but this good. is the album that um, I just drank it in day after day. And shout out to the fact that this was like twenty plus years after his career started. I mean, we have like Leonard, old Leonard Cohen and stuff on here, but it's it's more uncommon than common uh, for a musician to be at their best, you know, decades after they started. Well, it's highly uncommon for them to be even listenable, yeah, even tolerable. Yeah. And here we have this grizzled sort of, I don't know what he'd be, 40s, late 40s? Uh, no, early 40s. Tom Petty um, just cranking out this beautiful music with incredibly accessible but meaningful writing you know this again is, similar to earth tones like yeah that. yeah the the working man not the working man's maybe the every man's yep. album you know and um it's that beautiful sound of like and i mean we're not american but it's that beautiful sound of middle america mm-hmm. of simplicity of honesty mm-hmm. uh, you know it's okay to talk about how you feel you know yeah it's it's, you don't have to code everything like it doesn't have you know it doesn't all have to be one big allegory like and and like simple wisdoms and simple truths Mm -hmm. that's what tom petty dealt in and that's why i think his music's so so fantastic and i think it's the idea that you don't have to feel good right now and things don't have to be going well right now but isn't life just beautiful, you know? Yeah. That's the I feeling mean, I get from that album. It's, you, like, the, the whole idea is that you don't, you don't have to live like a refugee. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah, I just, yeah, so that's... I should not have said that. Yeah, that was no, terrible. Yeah, that was bad. Okay. But that's, I think this is the album on. most recently... Time to get going. I think this is the album that most recently kind of... Uh, fit itself in my life in that big of a way you yeah. know and i i've been i love tom a petty. fan of tom petty for a lot longer but something about the time and place of this album you know um I, yeah i remember i have specific memories of listening to it on the road trip through different provinces traveling across mm-hmm. canada i can remember listening and, to it on the road trip too. and that transition between my ending full-time days at work and my beginning you know like Listening to it, going yeah. to college on the first few days and finding comfort that, you know, a lot of the rest of my life had changed, but this album was still here for me yeah. when I got in my car at the end of the day, you know, like that's, that's 
That's powerful. That's bizarrely how I felt about reading Blood Meridian by yeah. Cormac McCarthy. It's <laughs> like, yeah, it's like it's like this. I will still love this. It will still mean the same things to me now and next year and the next year and the next. You know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's it's the idea that um, a lot of other things will change, but Tom Petty will still sing me the same songs. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's it's a really important album for me. Speaking of Blood Meridian, I, uh, I did I tell you that I looked up first printings of it on eBay, Ooh. and they're like four thousand dollars because Yikes. Cormac, that book was published in like the eighties, and he had he didn't get really set. popular until The Road was it? In no, two thousand five no, until Cities on All the Pretty Horses actually okay. was when it was like oh whoa who's this and he's like. I've been writing since the sixties, <laughs> and then everyone was like, "Well, this is really good." Oh, yeah. He's this guy's actually pretty good. Who is this? I'm Cormac McCarthy, the greatest living American author. And now he's like yeah. 153. Yeah. Um, we gotta wrap that guy in bubble wrap. <laughs> when he dies, I'm not gonna be okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have three and five. Um. Well, I have five left so you do three and then we can both end with the midpoints on wow. our list okay i love that my number three is road apples by the tragically hip nice yeah that's um, good <laughs> like i don't really know i mean i guess like a lot of i just almost typed in toad apples which sounds terrible um but uh i guess i guess we may have an american listener or two who uh might not be hip to the hip uh the tragically hip or uh very very uh famous canadian band who were never embraced by any country other than no, Canada. not really and and it's odd but their music is like it is exactly what you would want to hear if you're ripping down the trans canada okay in the muskokas you're ripping down the trans canada you've been driving all day you're tired you're 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 tired and you're thirsty and you're hungry and it's nighttime, and you've got the big Canadian shield, the oh, big yeah. rocks and the trees, like, flying past you. And up ahead, you see a faded, half-burnt-out neon sign. It's an en route. <laughs> and it's, yeah, well, now Maybe it's, not. But, and it's and it's some, like, grizzled old roadhouse. Joke for our Ontario you know, listeners. There's a bunch of, you know, people hanging outside smoking. And you walk in into the doors. This is what you would kind of ex- this that's what they evoke you're out there you know you're wearing plaid you you've been logging you know you've lost the tip of one of your fingers and i don't know like their music is so wonderfully canadian and i don't mean it in like it's an inside joke kind of way i mean like it's beautiful and it's very it's emblematic of our national identity yeah it really is and i don't know how they did it really yeah also this album 1991 I didn't really realize that it was huh. a 90s album. I thought it was earlier than that. Interesting. But songs like Little Bones and Cordelia, The Luxury, Long Time Running, um, uh, Fiddler's Green. Um, this album, this was another album that lived in my car for a good time, for a good long time. And I believe I just picked it up more out of uh, curiosity than anything else. I just, I just kind of think i threw it into my amazon cart it was like five dollars or something um and and i just 
I just threw it into my cart going, oh yeah, check this out. And I kind of languished on my shelf for a little while and then I threw it in my car and it just stayed there for like months. Like it, it just, and yeah. even now, fully completely by Tragically Hip, as you heard today, we drove around a little bit mm. to get some supplies. Great record. And, and another Tragically Hip, which is it, you know what, like fully completely might actually be a better album again, objectively, but Road Apples to me. I remember has, that was like, yeah, that was a soundtrack for a summer. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it drove Hannah nuts because <laughs> you go up to the cottage four hours up there, four hours like, back. I, and you know what? I would totally do that. Like I would yeah. absolutely drive four. And it's a what? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. It's not a long seven, album. Eight, nine, ten. It's an eleven-track album. No, twelve. Sorry, twelve. But it's like 49 minutes to 50 minute <laughs> album, and I would absolutely listen to it for the full four hours. And she grew to hate this album. Yeah. But, uh, but man, it's like there's, it's just, it's just like a red hot inspiration. It's the perfect amount of simplicity. It's a perfect amount of poetry. It's a perfect amount of art mm-hmm. mixed with like just meat and potatoes, beer, you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, All that a beautiful of expression of the Canadian heart and uh, really exciting album to listen to. Yeah, like I and I really do think that Little Bones, Little Bones is one of my favorite, uh, if not my favorite. Uh, like, and just his lyrics are so weird. It mm-hmm. gets so sticky down here. Better butter your cue finger up. It's the start of another year, new year. Better call the newspaper up. Two fifty for a highball. And a buck and a half for beer. <laughs> like, it's a... Well, f- famously, um, as a child through to probably about 15, 16, I hated the Tragically so Hip with a Passion. Yeah, I, I just too. hated Gord Downey's voice it's so much. Shaky. I couldn't stand it. Yeah. That, uh, that tremulous voice. And I remember um, Dad being like, no, he's great. No, yeah. he's great. He's and great. Dad was wrong about a lot of things, but that was yeah. not one of them. He was wrong about... Maybe we'll come around on seven Mary three next. <laughs> he, he was wrong about wanting to have kids, and he, but here we are. Yeah, <laughs> talk about tragedy, yeah. and yeah, he was right eventually. Okay, so yeah, like, and that was that was actually one of the albums too that was pretty easy for me to put on my top ten. Yeah, and like, really, is I'm wide awake. It's morning a better album in every way. Yeah, <laughs> like, but but it's not about that. But Road Apples is. And always will be one of my favorite albums. Okay, I've, so I've, you're number five. Uh-huh. I've realized something interesting from this list. This kind of goes back to the whole recency bias and nostalgia for just a few years ago because I'm still a young man. I have one album from the 70s, one from the 80s, one from the 90s, one from the aughts, and six from the 2010s. Wow. So I think Holy. that's quite, quite interesting. Really? Uh, so my final one... You should be able to guess, if not the album, at least the band. Because there's one elephant in the room that hasn't reared its head. The we National. Have, yeah. Yeah. This, so it's this Sleep Well is, Beast. It's Sleep Well Beast. <laughs> this is the third album from 2017. Third one, dude. We had this, we had Force Witness, we had Mercury and Lightning. That's three. I love What you. a year. And the, have, you, have you noticed that the National hasn't been brought up for me yet either? <laughs> Do you have Sleep Well Beast on there? No, or is it... Okay, it's... it's uh, Trouble Will Find Me. No. Okay. It's High Violet. Nope. Boxer? It's Alligator. Yeah, it's an Alligator. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Anyways. Music um, geek references you wouldn't get. <laughs> the National is my favorite band of all time. And... 
I didn't put multiple national albums on the list because I think they all... I mean, they're all different, but they... I don't know. I didn't feel like it would be right. In in a broad sense, they all kind of achieve the same thing. Yeah, and they're my favorite band of all time, and there could have been four. There are four that are up there, which is this one, uh, Boxer, High Violet, and Trouble Will Find Me, I think are all the very pinnacle of the national. Uh, I really have a lot of love two for both sad songs for dirty lovers and uh oh shoot what is their newest one called i'm easy to find i love both of those two but not quite um sleep well beast it's just it's just it felt like everything the national had spent 15 years as a group working up towards and there are one or two downer songs on the album, um, and for the only time on this list, I say, you don't like those songs, I understand you, neither do I. Just skip them. Don't even worry about it. Take them off. I don't care. The rest of the album is too good for it to matter. The fact that we have um, Corinne at the... I'll Still Destroy You, Corinne at the Liquor Store, Dark Side of the Gym, it's just... The album is perfect, even though it's, well, it's nearly perfect, even though it has a couple tracks on it, like Empire Line and uh, actually the title track, or as near as there is. For me, there are, I'm counting here, I'm pretty sure that there are like five songs Mm -hmm. that I think the album would have been better without. Wow, that many? Yeah, so nobody else will be there. I'm Mm -hmm. like, eh. I like that. Uh, Walk It Back, definitely don't like it. Fair enough. Title track, don't like it. Turtleneck. I do. I've come around don't a like bit it. on Turtleneck. I've so have I, but in the in the opposite direction. direction. <laughs> uh, Turtleneck don't like, um, and then don't like sleep sleep well beast. Right. Or the system only dreams in total darkness. Sleep well beast. So that's five. Okay. Five tracks. But th- this is the thing. Apart from those, day I die. <laughs> I can't believe. Here's this speaks to born, the quality of the rest of the album bag, that you're saying. Bag. You're saying take these five tracks. I wouldn't go that Half, extreme. It's. I wouldn't. Me, it's like almost half of the freaking album i'm not that extreme i would say two or three sure and yet yeah dark side of the gym is maybe the best song of the last few years um it's who said this i wrote this the times no this is better is it yeah are you i wrote this down do you remember who said that the national makes you feel like putting on a suit and crying somebody somebody said that there that's like a that's like a loose quote from some music journalist okay. somewhere. But it's so apt. It is. It's just... It makes it you makes feel like you... getting wine drunk in your, yeah. in your New York penthouse. Well, like, you come home from, like, some sort of soiree <laughs> with a bunch of wealthy acolytes, and you just get, like, super drunk, and you just cry and cry and, and cry because <laughs> your life is so hard. And I don't know why that's such an intoxicating feeling. It is. But here we are. It's That's a very good word for it. It's just nostalgia for something that I've never experienced, and... And I think the nostalgia is probably better than the experience. And we get that for the low price of like a Spotify membership or YouTube, you know? I mean, I run out of words to describe this album. And so I I will stop trying because we've reviewed it and it walked away with our album of the year in 2017. um, Probably as it should, because it's just, it's just so impactful and I've listened to this album a huge amount. The National 
might be the band I've listened to the most, uh, uh, like below Bahamas. Um, and as I said, I, I think it's my favorite. I think they're my favorite band of all time, probably. But my prevailing one memory, strangely enough, is um, after you and I helped at Ray of Hope, that one uh, soup kitchen in town. <laughs> sure, yeah. We put. We took a gorilla pod, like phone tripod, oh, yes. one of those yeah, bendy yeah. ones, and uh, did a, a time lapse of the road on our way back as the sun set and it faded to blackness. And as we did that, we played uh, this album. And right as it was falling dark and we were going on the highway past Baden, we pulled off and we drove through Baden some because it was getting dark. Yeah. And we were listening to this song right as we pulled off the overpass. Oh, yeah, I can yeah. imagine and, uh, right where we were in the song, as well as the song as we went off the overpass. Yeah, we, not we, as we, we went off the overpass. Yeah, as we shot off yeah. the side of the overpass. <laughs> that was a dark side of the gym, right? Yes. Went right as it, as it, it uh, like, swelled. Yeah. Right as we, and that we is cut a through the city. Absolutely the, beautiful. We song. cut through that little village. It was this balmy summer night, um, and that's one of those memories. There was nothing particularly special like we were just driving home from an evening at night you know and yet it's one of the one of the great memories of the past few years for me and it's just it makes me feel so happy and wistful and um deeply sad too because i just think i just think that was really something special yeah and that's a that's what that album makes me feel like um, my number five. Wow, that's this is tricky because like I almost feel like doing a like a switcheroo here. <laughs> Did but, I talk you into something else? No, not really. Um, whew. I'm I'm gonna stick with what I had. Do it. Um, what I had was High Violet by the National. Yeah, that's um that's so good. The the other album that would is almost is nearly neck and neck with it for me is trouble will find me Mm -hmm. by the national that's what Um, i said this could have been any one of the four really um trouble will find me has i should live in salt demons don't swallow the cap maybe i should listen to the national on my drive then it's got fireproof which is like eh. and then sea of love Mm. which is incredible heaven face is great this is the last time which is one of my favorites. Graceless slipped. I need my girl. Music video for Graceless is so good. It is really good. Pink rabbits, but then it ends with hard to find. Which the National is... has this habit of making the best closers of all time, and it's the second last track yeah. on the album, and then there's this draggy mess afterwards. High Violet is where they nailed their track listing. And Vanderlaa Crybaby Geeks is the closing, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I think that High Violet is their tightest album. Um, I do really like Boxer. Boxer was their first album I listened to, and I love that album. And yeah, I think from there I went. I think uh, my listening journey for them was uh, Boxer, and then Trouble Will Find Me, and then I think I circled back to High Violet, um, which took me a long time because I was obsessed with Trouble Will Find Me for a long time because some of the songs on there are, and I have amazing memories, and and it could have been trouble will find me in in the place of high violet on my list i think i went boxer trouble will find me then when i was on the cruise i got really into sad songs for dirty lovers and i love that album yeah and then i listened to sleep well beast and then high violet and then the new one yeah and i listened to alligator a couple times and went "Eh." (laughs) i got better uses of my time but uh yeah yeah you do but high violet for me 
really does encapsulate the place where I was like three-ish years ago, I mm-hmm. guess, where I was kind of, you know, I was I was uh, footloose and fancy free in a lot of ways. I was single, um, or pretty single, and I was... I, I, I was feeling a little wistful and a little melancholic, but in the happiest possible way, you know? Yeah. And, and this, this album, you know, booting off with Terrible Love, you know, which mm-hmm. is a great song, and Sorrow, oh, yeah. Anyone's Ghost, Little Faith, Afraid of Everyone. No, the songs on High Violet aren't, for me, quite the high points that the songs on, like, Sleep Well Beast or even Trouble Will Find Me are. Mm-hmm. But what they are is a wonderful consistent tone and this album is a little bit blurrier and it's a little foggier than some of those al- other albums it's a little moodier even and i'd say it's it, i'd say it's a more melancholy album than than the two that followed it mm-hmm. or even the one that preceded it even i think that high violet might be their saddest album in a lot of ways but you've still got songs like blood buzz ohio oh. and and a yeah. song like England and Conversation 16, which are both great. Lemon World, which I really like, yeah. actually. And, yeah, and then this the album ends off with, inarguably, probably the best song on it, which is Vander Lyle, Cry Baby Geeks. Um, and listening to this album is such a cathartic, melancholic wash. I was just learning to play that song on guitar. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's, it's such a full experience from beginning to end and it's such a beautiful experience and i i do absolutely love the national like to bits and pieces i think they're just fantastic and i yeah this my my copy of high violet my cd Mm -hmm. copy is like completely beat to crap i believe there's smoothie (laughs) that was spilled on it that's good like while it was in the door pocket and it was like hastily wiped off beautiful album art by the way yeah 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 um, and yeah, it's, it was, you know, that CD, that physical CD was with me through a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say emotional trauma, but just Important like events in your just life, like general melancholy and malaise. And I can remember very clearly driving up kind of like near where the Burgles live Yeah, in my car with, um, with what song would it have been? Probably sorrow or anyone's ghost or afraid of anyone, maybe. Afraid of everyone? I think it was afraid of everyone. Just like blasting and just like feeling the feeling the melancholia just kind of like wash mm. wash over you. And yeah, I can I can very, very vividly remember that. Anyway, so now we, we've got our um, honorable mention. So should we do this in kind of a rapid fire? Oh yeah, I, I have I have Do uh, we wanna I I say we don't how many yeah. I have technically 14, but I just want to, like, bang, bang, bang kind of thing. Okay. So, I have... But I had... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We've covered a few of mine. I had seven, and we covered two of mine. But I'm down to, like, eight or nine, because we've talked about a bunch of them. Okay, so why don't you go first and just say one. Uh, It could have been basically any of David Bowie's best albums. Yes. Um... This is an indication where the top 10 albums isn't the top 10 artists, because Bowie would be in my top 10 artists, and yet, aside from Black Star, this is my opinion, 
out of his albums that I love, he never strung a complete album together enough to reach the top 10, you know? Like, I love the first half of Heroes. I think Let's Dance is up there. I think you could put Young Americans up there. Are we banging um, through the top 10s? Or what? Yes. Or the, this is, this the top is me. 10s? This, the is, this is me going quickly. Oh my goodness. Um, I love all of those, but ultimately I couldn't find one Bowie album that I loved enough on its own sure. to go in there. Are you so, doing the next so one? So what, what was that? That was just David Bowie, the artist? Yeah, some of okay. these are just like that. <laughs> um, I'll go with uh, America 4, Johnny Cash. Mm. Which like, one is that? Is that that's Ain't his No final. Grave? Yeah, that's yeah. his, final, his yeah. final album with Rick Rubin. Mm-hmm. Like, astonishingly good production and, like, just <laughs> such a moving album. Oh, yeah. That's another one that, given time, I could see moving up well there's i have that i have live at Folsom prison what an album um and i also have uh when the man comes around all on here like i thought i for think sure, i'm thinking of when the man comes around though. oh you are like isn't that his last ain't one? no grave is the one that was like released right after he died and it's like ain't no grave gonna hold my body down you know okay hold on let uh-huh. me let me quickly okay like because it's you america four right yeah I, the man comes around the man comes around yeah okay um, so yeah, I had the man comes around, ain't no grave, and live at Folsom Prison, dude. I thought for sure one of these would make it on, and this was on until the end, and I just realized that it could, there's it just didn't, but it's so good, and it makes me sad. Um, similarly, another one, and this is an artist one too that I was sure would make it on. I was freaking sure was the Arctic Monkeys. Whatever people say I am, that's oh, what yeah. I'm not. That was right <laughs> on the cusp for me. I've been listening to that album a lot recently. Uh, but you could really put any of their albums uh, probably pre-AM on there, I would say. But whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not, is up there at the top for me. It almost made it on, but not quite. Okay. Dark Side of the Moon, Pink Floyd. Yeah. What more do I have to say? It's it's all the great textures and everything of the wall in one quarter of the length <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a great album it, it is that's it a good really, one too. it really is very good uh, i have digital ash and a digital urn on here we kind of talked about that already and i Another had a bright eyes album i also had i'm wide awake it's morning and mm-hmm. earth tones on my so good i have cage the elephant self-titled album oh very uh, good that, mm, it's so good it's just raw rock and roll you know i was um, actually talking with glenn about cage the elephant because he said he hates the he hates chorusing effect on guitars so i played him aberdeen yeah, and he didn't have a great a, he did not have a whole lot to say about how much he hated the chorus quote unquote on that guitar. Yeah, that's that's a just this great raw album. Um, yeah, it's very good. From, you know, in one ear to Ain't No Rest for the Wicked maybe got overplayed but it's a great song to Backstab and Betty I was listening to the other day. I was just like, yeah, this is so good, you know. Um it really it's, is. it's an album that just makes me feel good. They have pooped the bed. Yeah, they really have. Heroes, David Bowie. Mm. Um Absolutely. That, that al- this album actually started off on my uh, top ten along with Black Star, and then I just had to make room for other things. But Heroes, what a beautiful album! What a timeless album! What a weird, experimental, powerful, passionate, like interesting album! Like it's got everything. It's got from the song Heroes, which is incredibly emotional, to something like Joe the Lion. Then you've got the weirdness of like moss. When garden. we get to V two Schneider, or, I tune out. I'm sorry. V two Schneider is like the weak point on the album, but 
like something like moss gardener like sense of doubt mm-hmm. is such a such an evocative and the the whole idea of splitting the album into conventional and then like instrumental is super interesting the fact that it was recorded during the like the the start of the fall of the berlin wall <gasps> i was just or, talking about that with uh, our friend olivia yeah do you want to move the computer mouse because we just watched Jojo Rabbit, right. and at the end of it, they the closing song kind of as the credits roll is a German version of Heroes. Oh, nice! Uh, and so I talked about how Bowie played that song live up against the Berlin Wall, and you could feel the people surging against it from the other side, yeah. and uh, and the fact that Bowie had just gotten clean, mm-hmm. like he had just quit his horrendous like cocaine addiction yeah i think that's powerful and too. he he moved to the, the and heroes was the first album he made out of a set of three that he made um in germany as he like recovered and mm-hmm. like re- all he did he cloistered himself away and just made music that's mm-hmm. all he did that's all he could do right yeah um what an album <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, this is a dark horse i knew it was never really gonna make it on you know but i still just wanted to write it down it's Kick by NXS. Sure. I yeah. love this album. Yeah. yeah. It was one of the first vinyl records we got. We'd play it all the time, get ready on Sunday mornings or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's fun. It's pure, unadulterated, like, rock and roll with just a little bit of, like, spit and shine. Yeah. It's, I knew it was never going to make it on here, but it's, I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. My next one is Young Americans by David yeah. Bowie. Oh, um, definitely. Like, if only for the title track and fame. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> but this, but Young Americans, the title track especially, is I think one of the best written. Leather, coolest, leather everywhere. Coolest songs mm-hmm. of all time. And it is easily in my top 10 favorite songs of all time. Okay. Which would also be a super interesting conversation. Oh, have, that would be like. Impossible. Yeah, but like, that. But Young Americans, the song, and just the, the vibe of that album, the groove, and the... It's just... And you go from heroes to that, and it's mm-hmm. like, how is this? And then you go to the Let's Dance, mm-hmm. and then you go to Heathen, you, you look at his stuff with, like, Tin Machine, Spiders from Mars, like, David Bowie just did whatever That was a man with range. To. Yeah. And a man who excelled at literally everything he did. And now he's but, seeing Little Drummer Boy with Bing Crosby. <laughs> oh my goodness. I still love that. Yeah, I have such me a too. soft spot for that. Yeah, so Young Americans. I have Zeppelin 1 or 4 on here. We already talked about that, so I'm not going to belabor the point. The last one, this is two albums. This was, if I added one more, it would be this. Yeah. A Rodriguez album. Yeah. I was positive. When I made that Instagram post, that was a couple weeks ago. That was my cheeky, like, here's one of the ten, you know? Yeah. And then I didn't know which one. It could be Cold Factor coming from Reality or his two albums. It could have been either one. Um, ultimately, they were probably like numbers 11 and 12. Yeah. They're so good. You want to talk about working man's music. This is this construction worker from Detroit who made this anti-establishment folk that never really took off, except, of course, it did in South Africa. And there's a really interesting documentary you can watch on that called Searching for Sugar Man. Um, hold on. Searching for Sugar Man. Searching seriously for Sugar Man. Seriously, go watch it. It's a very good like, documentary. You will. I I do not care if you have any. This, the documentary was what introduced both of us. Yeah. To the artist, and it could do this. Like I'm. It's. 
I so many people, myself included, if I heard somebody telling me to go watch such and such, I'd be like, okay, no, screw you. <laughs> but like, I do beseech you. You need to do this for you. I it's do not beseech for us. you. Yes, it's it is not so that you can come tell me yeah. how right I was. Watch and how, it and then never tell us about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, if that's what you have to do, do it. But that documentary is so cool and so fun and such a wild ride. And Rodriguez's music is so classic and so timeless and so effortless. It's like it's like it's Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like a mystical Bob Dylan. It sounds a little bit like early Leonard Cohen. Yeah. Like it's he's very cool. Both. I love coming from reality. And I was just listening to it last week. Oh yeah, both his albums are just superb. You want one to impress your new work colleagues you put slap on one of those um yeah so that's that was probably the one that was first to get cut you know yeah or last to get cut i guess whatever that's the end of the honorable mentions that i have what do you have left i only have push the sky away by nick cave mm. the bad seeds yeah I respect which is that. just a beautiful album it's unconventional and it's in its I'm approach download to download that one too because i haven't listened to that for a while it's unconventional in its approach to um like the structure of a song like instrumentation mm-hmm. a lot of it's just like loops but i just find the textures of it to be uh really soothing and i i just think it's a i think it's such a beautiful record and i think it's nick cave He's doing kind of more of an abstract approach to his songwriting, but a song like Rings of Saturn is also one of my favorite songs of all time. Just unparalleled elegance and beauty and wonder and mysticism to to the songs, you know. They really do conjure up a world. But for me, there's kind of two two types of songwriter, like if they're successful. And uh one type okay are you listening mm-hmm. here tell me if you agree with this one type is like connor oberst okay and i listen to poison oak mm. and all these images flood me of me mm-hmm. it reminds me of stuff i never did necessarily but mm-hmm. like it reminds me of things you could have done well it reminds me of that person it reminds yeah. me of that time that place mm-hmm. And fills me with a sense of nostalgia and longing. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Nick Cave, or songwriters like him, conjure up strange, like, equally as vivid, but they conjure up things that I've never seen. Mm -hmm. Things, people I don't know, characters I've never met. And it's like a complete, it's a complete fiction yeah, and the two are completely wonderful and beautiful and equally powerful. But that's Nick Cave's world, right? Is he for me anyway? Is he takes me on some sort of murder bizarre... balance? Does not remind me of things that I've done in the past. <laughs> things you thought about, maybe. Yeah. But uh, but like this, but push the sky away, especially is like it's a beautiful storybook, kind of. Whereas something like uh, I'm Wide Awake It's Morning, especially, is just like a heart-rending nostalgia trip through my own history. I love both of them. Uh, That's that's all I have. Like what? Wow, that was that was a lot. What a potent that was a lot. Couple hours we've spent. I'm so glad we did this. And 
um, for anybody still listening, I want to double underscore, and for us, I don't care if anyone's still listening. Yeah. I want to double underscore the importance of the memories that go with this album, with these these lists. Yeah. Because I think um, we build our lives as fans of music on a foundation of music in many ways. And I think it's important to celebrate that and um, don't just repress the feelings of nostalgia that you have for something that happened years ago, but embrace it. And I would encourage you as you listen to new albums that you discover and love in your life now, um, think about and appreciate and love how you're forming those memories now for in years to come. You know, Um, I think it's really special that so many of these memories I highlighted are you and me throughout the years, Mm -hmm. you know, us on the road trip, us driving home, doing a time lapse of the sunset from the car, you know, us in Mexico, sitting on a beach yep. in Mexico. Yep. Um, See, I have a huge I, association I with, with Digital Ash and Digital Earn and the long walks we would take together on the beach at night. Yeah. I totally, like, that is how I remember that album. Yeah, I just think it's important to appreciate um, the role that music has to play in our relationships. And, uh, and it's for- okay to... Some of these albums, for me, are now, like Digital Ash, it's now a sacred album. Like, yeah. I can't really, like, it would be almost sacrilegious to just cart it out just on a, you know, on a weekday morning. Oh, I don't know. I like just, that album. And just fire it up for me. Like, yeah. But that album is something that I'm, if I'm getting into my car and it's dark and I'm by myself and I'm driving and I've got, you know, a good half hour ahead of me. Yeah. Yeah, I understand, but I, yeah, I think it's it's just important to celebrate that, and ultimately we made this show as a way to celebrate art and our relationships and stuff like that, and uh, and I think we've done that, and I feel very encouraged having recorded this, and this is within a few seconds the same length as the previous chunk, so that's pretty good, too. And if you listen through the whole thing, LOL, joke's on you. <laughs> Yeah, well, anyway, uh, tune in next time to hear us talk about something we haven't discussed yet, but yeah. we will. And and please, if if you feel like you want to uh, jot down some of your favorite albums, uh, do let us know. I'll and, do an Instagram poll probably, yeah, too. Yeah, and, and we, would, we would love to, at the very least, uh, hear about some of them, and at the very most, listen to and maybe review some of them too in the future yeah. who knows i always get a kick out of super having fun. conversations with people who listen to this yeah and uh, and i like sincerely it's not like a fan you know this obviously jason but it's not like a fan interaction it's more because <laughs> we like, know all the people personally yeah, but like <laughs> but that's what i love is we, yeah. we make these and then some of our friends are like dude that was i completely remember that like i know if liam listens to this he'll he'll get all nostalgic about sam's town and like oh, listen yeah. to it but uh and cry because I, I actually mm-hmm. messaged him when I was doing my list mm-hmm. like um, a couple months ago, and uh, and I said, "Dude, remember Sam's Town?" And he just responded with, "Oh hell yeah," <laughs> you know. And uh, even people I don't know anymore, like Zach with Cage the Elephant, yeah. it's like you know, it's yeah, just yeah. it's talking about this just dredges up so many beautiful memories from all through my life. Yeah. Um, and they don't, if anything, there's just getting to be more and more of them closer and closer to the present, you know? Like, yeah. it's it's not a, uh, 
it's not just dead air that I'm recirculating. It's still happening now, you know? And uh, I don't know what the next album will be to attach itself to me like this, but I can't wait to find out. Yeah. Anyway, have fun. Stay safe. Uh, Chickity-chew-ow. Goodbye. That was bad.